On Wednesday night, the Rangers closed out the month of February with an emphatic win against the Columbus Blue Jackets that saw the Blue Shirts improve their February record to 10-1-0. Not bad for a team that was struggling in the month of January, I'd say. And now the Rangers find themselves yet again at the top of the standings with the most wins in the NHL and tied for most points as well. We're going to talk about the Rangers' impressive month of February. We're also going to talk a little bit about the phenom that is Matt Rempe. We'll do some Artemi Panarin talk, some Capo Caco talk, some trade deadline info. It's another jam-packed episode of the Up in the Blue Seats podcast from the New York Post, and it starts right now. Welcome back to the Up in the Blue Seats podcast. Folks, things are good. We're coming off of a nearly perfect 10-1-0 month from the New York Rangers. And would you believe it? They are top of the standings yet again in every standings. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're tied on points, but I mean, they're, they're at the top. And they're the first team with 40 wins this season. There's a lot to be happy, hopeful about with this Ranger team. And we're here to discuss it with you today. I'm your host, Andrew Hartz. And of course, we're joined by the New York Post beat writer, Miss Molly Walker, the great Larry Brooks, and of course, former Ranger great Brian Boyle. Folks, we have a full house today, and it's kind of, it's, it's very appropriate because after last night's game, like I mentioned, the Rangers are top right now. And I went back to an earlier podcast from this season, and this was at the end of November when the Rangers were 16-4-1. And and I believe the title of that podcast was, Are the Rangers the Best Team in Hockey? And because they were, they they, they statistically standing, they were. And Brian, your response was, it's November. Well, now it's March. We're about three months later now. And here we are. Uh, This team is now 40-17-3 off of a phenomenal month. I know we had the trade deadline coming up, but are they the best team in hockey currently? They're up there. This is Larry's favorite question. <laughs> they're up there. Florida worries me. So I don't I don't know if they're the best in the East, but they have a lot of the right parts that you need for a run. It should be exciting for the fans. The biggest thing right now is that there's two, well, there's two ways to look at it. They gave up 40 shots, five or six games in a row or something like yep, that. Five. But... The goalie's been much, much better. And that is your backbone. That's the guy that you need to be playing the way he's supposed to be playing. And remember how it went when he wasn't playing great. And he covers up a lot of warts if the team in front of him isn't playing great. So you got a number of guys contributing, playing well. Again, Panarin all year mm-hmm. long. He's been great. I would like to see more from Mika, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And, and it will have to uh, with the with the push here going into the playoffs and in the playoffs. Uh, but again, I look at Florida and I look at their depth, their D, and their goalie's been playing pretty good too. That'll be a big challenge. So like we've talked about, how do you combat that with what you can do at the trade deadline? Florida comes in on Monday and mm-hmm. perhaps the Rangers will make their moves before then, but I don't think they'll be done by Monday. If you know, I'm talking about uh, in regard to the trade deadline, if, mm-hmm. if they make a move, I, I you know, I, I think there'll be multiple moves that they, that they make. But I, I'm I am uh, very curious to see how they play against Florida on Monday night because I you know Florida plays a playoff style all year. The Rangers are kind of there; they're kind of not. I I, I agree with you. I mean, a hundred percent on on two of your points. A, the value of Shesterkin. He's at the top of his game, and so they will go in assuming he you know he he continues on a run. He's not going to. He's not going to have a 960 save percentage the rest of the year, but I, you know, I, I think he's assuaged all doubts about who the Rangers' number one goalie is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, so they go, so they will go into the playoffs believing they have an edge in goal, as they did two years ago. Zabanajed's lack of production is a little is concerning at this point. His 200 foot game is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he just does so much for them. But he also has to produce. He, he ha- that line has to contribute five on five. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm just I watch Mika. It looks like he's playing the same. He's getting you know he's 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 taking the shot. His shots are a little bit down, but not th- that dramatically from the last couple of years. It's gone down from 1920 
where he was just a shot machine. But every year it, it's kind of gone down. But he has he hasn't scored a five on five goal since uh, before Christmas. <laughs> you wow. know, it, it's almost impossible. He's That's only. Wild. I mean, honestly, I you know because I, I I value him. You know, you 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 understand his value, but you don't want to bash the guy. I I don't. But he's scored a five on five goal in only four games this year. Four games. He has five total goals. Five on five, and he's not scoring on the power play either. At, at this point, you know he's he's only got two power play goals. I think in the last sixteen games, they need Mika Zibanejad to to score, and it's it, it's it's incredible that they're at the top of the league without this. You know, they it, it's they're ha- having a remarkable season. They they went through the first forty games or so with their goalie being subpar. Their franchise goalie, you know, right. they had to sit him. Now you know their their you know, their their presumptive first line center doesn't score, and they have the best record in the league. <laughs> I don't know. It is bananas to think about it that way. Yeah. <laughs> That's I can't. I didn't realize it's been since then with the five on five production. That mm-hmm. is, and he is he's a very very good player. And again, I'm not bashing either. But yeah, like the reason you get the number you get when you sign the contract is for these. You have to make a difference and. It all remains to be seen, but he's also a guy that can go on a tear. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. Right. And at the end of the year, you look at it all together and the consistency does matter. I'd take, I would take a strong five on five center iceman whose wingers can do some things. Now that might go into the trade deadline, but I would take that where he's playing 200 feet. He's responsible. He's doing really well. That can get you far. And in the hopes that he's going to get back to what he was when he was dominant. Now I look at, if you remember in the cup run a decade ago, we had a player like that who was very good five on five, could play in all situations and had just gone ice cold at the wrong time in the playoffs. And and Rick Nash, who had an Mm. amazing career and scored a ton of goals, but for whatever reason, it just couldn't go in for him. And every other aspect of his game was on point. Um, so if you're talking about cup aspirations and the best in the league, all right, so we're not talking about just whatever. We're talking about yeah. where they want to go. That's what he's got to right. put the puck in the net. And, you know, that, that year, Rick Nash, he has the lowest shooting percentage in Stanley Cup history mm-hmm. for a player with 70 shots or more in a, in a tournament. He scored three goals on 82 shots. Mm-hmm. Impossible. You know, and some of them, remember some of them, like off two guys' sticks, and I, it was just oh well, yeah, the open net, you know, where Moynoff yeah. got a stick on it. But but no, you're right. He he played to the top of his game everywhere except he couldn't score. Yeah. And the Rangers need always needed Rick Nash to score. Um, it, you know, he was an interesting case study to us because he would do, you know he would he would he didn't score as a Ranger the way he did in Columbus, and so. Um, but he was, he was the Rangers' best player, you know, by, you know, by far, I, you know, he was just their best player mm-hmm. other than, other than the goalie. Yeah. Well, the goalie had something to do with it too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that helped. Well, I, I definitely want to get your take on that Molly as well too, but uh, that actually is a great transition because you speak of Rick Nash and the Rangers just uh, finished a, a, their third time playing the Columbus Blue Jackets last night. They kind of exercised some of those demons uh, from the previous two matchups with them. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just curious, Molly, because you're there last night. Um, it, do you get a sense that this team needed that victory last night to kind of just be, I mean, I, I know Columbus is not a great team, but like when a team obviously has your number and they're not a great team, do you feel like the team just needed to to get that win, especially when you face teams in the playoffs three, four, five times? And you need to be able to shake those kind of losses off and just get that win to move on. Do you, well, did you get that sense from them? When you when you phrase it that way in terms of executing adjustments against the same team, I definitely think, <clears throat> excuse me, that they know that that's a skill that they're going to need to hone in the playoffs, seeing the same team as many times as they do. But I would not go as far to say that they felt like they needed it. I think that this month's body of work Mm -hmm. has spoken for itself. And this was a month that was born from a horrid month. And I think that, I think that more should be made of the turnaround that we've seen the way that they came out of the break. I think that we learned a little something about this team and the direction that they're going, what's going on in the locker room, the way that they're going to have in-game resolve, in-season resolve, in-series resolve. 
I think that this was a really important and revealing moment in the season for this Rangers team. I really, I mean, to come out of that January where a lot of things weren't going right for them, injuries, Igor not playing well, the whole month as a as a whole was really it was pretty concerning to come to use the break as the reset that they were that they said they were going to to go on a 10 game heater the way that they did and i know it was an easier month in terms of opponents and i think march is going to be a little bit more telling in terms of the teams that they're stacking up against but you win 10, 10 games in a row it doesn't matter who you're playing I think that that said a lot about the group in the in the locker room, and I definitely think that it's you know something that they're going to gain confidence from, and something that that that's going to serve them well down the line here. What's that like, Brian? When a team kind of just has your number like that, even if if like they're not a great team, like do what goes on in the locker room there, and in, in in that sense where it's like these these frigging guys, like they they can't beat anybody else, but but they beaten us, like. Yeah. They can't well, beat anybody else. <laughs> well, I mean, I played Columbus in Columbus when they weren't a very good team and just had a terrible time. It's mm-hmm. it's more your own process. If if they caught you on a night where you weren't totally prepared and they beat you, then it enters your head that, you know, the next time you're in there, this is going to be a problem again tonight. What are we going to do here? That happens. But going back to what Molly said, I think it, in my mind, it eases a lot of any kind of concern after January because what I thought it was, was, you know, it was uninspired. Mm-hmm. It was a lack of emotion. Sometimes that happens through the dog days. And it's a lot easier to happen when you've built up enough equity where your points percentage and you're up higher in the league. And fortunately for them, they lost a lot. They lost a lot in January, but so did so did a everybody lot of teams else. In there. Yeah. Especially the Flyers. Right. Yeah. Flyers were right on their heels and playing the same night at right. that that they were and right. losing too. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like... they they refreshed, they reset. You know, sometimes that's what it is. It's hard, man. It's a long year. And they all might have been in it together. There was a lot to do about the new coach. There was you know, everything was fairly easy. But it, you know, again, the importance of who's in the net. One player turning his game around mm-hmm. can change a lot of things. And then you get excitement after trade deadline. You know, they're probably not going to lose guys from their current roster. So when you're on a team like that, you're excited. Who are we going to add? What are we going to do? And then all those other games just matter more. More people start coming out and crowd gets a little bit louder. The weather gets a little warmer. So the concerns I had, I was hoping it was just kind of a dog days type situation. And it looks as Looks as though that's what it was. You also, you know, you talk about getting some juice just from the trade deadline and whatnot. I feel like they got some excitement from Matt Rempe and and Adam Edstrom. I think that, and I actually kind of suggested this to a player yesterday in the locker room, like, is it kind of nice to have the spotlight off the team as a whole and, and just have it on some kid that's having a great time and really just enjoying himself and, and having fun and player totally agreed, you know, just the, the, the moving of the spotlight and, and on someone who totally deserves it and is enjoying every second of it is clearly having a good time as he's going along with it is, is probably a nice little, a little break for them. Not a lot of people talking about, all the odd man rushes that they're given. <laughs> Everybody's there to talk about Matt Rempe. And my God, do the MSG fans and New York Ranger fans love him. They showed him on the Jumbotron stretching and up, yeah. yeah, and and just a, a round of applause. The kid couldn't help himself. He looked up, he's smiling. He, yeah. he, he tried to be cool. He really, yeah. really tried. And he just said, but how could you? How yeah. could you not smile at that? I mean, his first shift of the night, they came out there, they're banging bodies. One shift, the whole arena is is mm-hmm. is applauding. It's it's really unlike anything I've ever seen. It's it's so fun. It's great for the game, great for the Rangers, great for Matt Rempe. Just, just happy for all involved. Honestly, oh, kids at home, <laughs> you want to be in the NHL? Yeah. Here's a here's a guy that's going to do anything to stay. Mm-hmm. How do you not root for that? Mm-hmm. He's obviously unique. He is an element, but man, anything to stay. I'm going to be here and not just stay. Like I'm going to be a story. I'm going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. He's, he, 
I, I would, you know, I don't want to play against that guy because he, he, you know, he's going to do anything to stay. He's not scared. If he is, he's the bravest guy. Mm. Just because he's big doesn't mean it's not scary getting in there. I remember Glenn Sather would sit me down. He's just like, this. Pe- these people will love you. You'll play in the league for 10 years if this is what you want to do and you're willing to do it. And I went in and I had a little more defense. I didn't throw as many punches, but I still mm-hmm. lost fights. And I was like, I'll try to do it. This guy is, looking back, I'm like jealous. I wish I was more. I'll take a couple more broken noses. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. This is awesome. It really and, is. And, you know, he'll learn from that and get, he'll be, man. I mean, they're I, lining I up. To, yeah, I think they're, the excitement too is what I, could I, he be? I kind of wanted to ask you about this, but the the concept of these heavyweights lining up for a chance to scrap with this guy. I mean, is that anything that you've seen before? Is is it really that, you know, kind of an anomaly or I mean, and, or is this something that, you know, is a natural progression of what happens, I guess. I, I'm, I, I just yeah. I don't know. I don't really know what to make of it. I mean, I think it's awesome, but. I just, it's really, I mean, they're coming up to him at the red line and, and, you know, initiating and planning it ahead. They just want a chance. Is it, is it them riding his celebrity, his wave of, you know, of attention, or is it just wow. like, I, I mean, I, I, what is it? It's to the point. It's a couple different things. First of all, he's asking these guys. It seems like from what I've no. read and heard. Well, He's I think asking. only one time, I, I mean, a Columbus reporter reported that he challenged Olivier. But if you look back at the, you know, yeah. rolling back the tape of of the red line meeting, Olivier is coming up to him. Mm. Okay. He's just right. stretching. Well, yeah, he's just I don't know what right. was said, but coming and starting the conversation, yeah. no matter how it goes, is still kind of initiating, you know. So here it is, too, though, and I don't want to get inside other guys heads, but if I'm. Uh, there's not many left, but if I'm a heavyweight in the league mm-hmm. and this is a throwback, right? This hasn't happened in a while, but these guys, when they were coming up, it was still it was a thing prevalent. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there's no more of it. And they're kind of like, Oh, what are we, <laughs> you know? So when they have the fights, everybody loves it. If you're going to like, go, oh, we're back. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you're going to go into the garden and this guy's fought every other game I mean, mm-hmm. on my team, I'm going to be the guy that doesn't fight him. I'm going to be mm-hmm. the time he doesn't fight. Like he's fighting Revo. If Revo right. plays. I was just about to say, that was my next question. Well, Revo's going to ask. 100%. Are we taking bets <laughs> that Ryan Reeves is meeting Matt Rempe at the red line? He, he's got to ask him. He's going to ask him. And I don't know what lab he's going to say. I don't know what's going to go on. And yeah. we'll see what happens. But Ryan Reeves has been looking for a dance partner for a couple of years. He's, yeah. he's obviously, you know, he's very, very tough. He's strong. He's, he wants. He doesn't want to give it up. These guys, oh want, they think they're the toughest guy <laughs> in the world. And they should. That's what they are. But you can't let the rookie come in and then not fight him. He's fought everyone else so far. The only he didn't fight last night because he already fought the guy. Yeah, he wanted to. He's being held back like after the troch hit. Like this guy, he, he's in the heads and not not like he's in the heads. Oh my goodness, I'm scared of him. Maybe no. Someone. But he's like, he's not going to be better than me at my job tonight. So that's kind of where it's at, I think, right now. Um, and Larry, you can kind of, what you've seen and you've seen. Well, you, you know, this, this, um, this, the anticipation of, of uh, him matching with, matching up with Ryan Reeves on, on Saturday just reminds me of, of there was only one other incident or one other scenario where I've covered where, where there was just a sense of anticipation every night that someone would fight. And that was Troy Crowder when I was, when I was actually doing, um, I was working for the devils and I was doing devils radio then. And Troy Crowder, you know, was, was, you know, the the number one guy, either he or Probert was the number one guy. And he went on this tear. He had beaten Probert in, in, uh, at the Meadowlands on opening night, Mm. you know, no, no name, Troy Crowder. And he cut a swath through the league. Troy Crowder did. The nicest guy, you know, his knuckles were, you know, were, were, you know, swollen all the time. And we, and, and the devils went from place to place. They they played a game in Vancouver where he knocked out Craig Cox with one punch. It was (laughs) right because he was, you know, he, he was dangerous when, when he fought the Rangers went, uh, the, the devils went back to Detroit and the entire, you know, every newspaper, tale of the tape 
Uh. They, they, that that was the game, uh, Crowder against Probert. And uh, they didn't get on the ice at the same time in the first period. And uh, the second period, they fought. Probert beat him. They fought a second time, <laughs> came back. And that was kind of it. But um, that's that's the only experience I've had that is that is uh, similar to this one. Just waiting for a player to fight every night and knowing it was going to be the main event. You know, you're right. It doesn't happen anymore. I, ju I just hope that, um, I, like, as everyone, you know, that he doesn't that he doesn't take on too much. You know, that I think everyone, you know, every everyone doesn't want, you know, no one wants him just to be a, you know, a novelty item. No one. But he can play. And actually, yes. you know, last night. Um, yeah, that was his first, the, like, the, real no, ice his, time. But he was, you know, he Career was. Career high, seven minutes. He he, you know, he didn't get it. He, you know, he didn't pick up a stupid penalty when he could have, um, you know, he didn't fight and, you know, he actually was on for a defensive zone draw fairly late in the third period in a, in a one goal game. So Laviolette has some trust in him too. And, you know, when, when he's on with Edstrom, the, the, the puck invariably is at the other end of the ice. It is. Yep. You know, whether they can, whether they can keep it there for more than 20, you know, 20 seconds, you know, that's something else, whether they can get it to the net on that shift. But they're always in the other end of the ice. And they've been getting to the net. There's right. been a couple of yeah. occasions where they're getting it to the net. And and last night, again, you know, obviously they they, you know, they didn't play a lot, but they weren't the line that was being trapped in their, in, you know, in, no. its, in, in the third period when the Rangers couldn't get out and couldn't get out. So they they bring a different element. But again, are they going to be on the roster on March the 9th? You know, will the you know are the Rangers going to fortify themselves with veteran, grinding players who have obviously more experience than Edstrom and Rempe, and you know will Peter Laviolette be comfortable playing these kids? I, I is that what March is going to be about, or mm -hmm. is March going to be about you know solidifying their post deadline roster? I don't mm -hmm. I don't I don't know. So what do you what do you, we'll do you prepare for? You prepare for any scenario, right? So I do think that. And if it means that those guys go back, what if, if they go back for 10 games to Hartford and play more minutes, and then they that's not going to be a bad thing exactly. and bring them back up. You right. know, even if they don't start game one, if a series is getting away, right. you don't like something that's, that's what I said. Series, I said, I could see Rempe, especially, I mean, Edstrom, who knows, depending on how many guys they bring in, I think Edstrom has more of a chance of staying in the lineup, but I could see Rempe. And I said this, I'm pretty sure last week, just, being a guy that they could throw in there for a spark or, you know, if somebody goes after yeah. Panarin, somebody goes after Fox, he's a guy that goes in uh, to answer the bell. I think that could be a re and I know Peter Laviolette wouldn't be afraid to use him in that way as well, but I think that could be a really cool, you know, thing that they have in their back pocket that they mm. haven't oh, necessarily yeah. had. I mean, you know, with Ryan Reeves was a little bit different, but, mm. and he also wasn't on the playoff roster, uh, last season, but um, well, you know, yeah. what, you know, two years ago, and 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 Brian obviously was was on the other side, but um, early in the playoffs, Ryan Reeves w was a factor. Hundred percent. I thought I thought he was a factor against Pittsburgh, and I thought he was a factor against Carolina for the first four, five, six games of that series. I think his his effectiveness, you know, diminished as as you got further on. So he, you know, he couldn't skate with Tampa in the conference finals, but right. I thought early in that, in that series, he threw some huge hits oh in game one. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I mean, huge hits. On ten minutes. Fifth, right? <laughs> go back to the first 10 minutes of game yeah. one. Right. Game one. I, I was looking around and I go, this team's going 16 and 0. And I was playing against them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like what just happened? And then, well, the air came out and then I'm like, uh, well, we should win in five. We didn't, but <laughs> he, Spoiler. he was on the ice. It was a problem. And you know what else he did for that third line, that kid line with Hedl, Kako, right. and Lafreniere? They were playing six inches bigger. Yeah. yeah. And, and real quick, I want to go back to Rempe before I forget. Like, for him now, I don't know if they're telling him this, and wh whatever, if my opinion matters or not, He he's established an understanding across the league that he is willing and able. Yeah. For his own good, let's – he's he's – He's done enough right now in such a short time, which is so impressive. He can pick his own spots. Right. He's earned that right already, which is amazing to me. I hope he I hope he does it wisely and he has counsel telling him 
okay, this is, yeah. you've done unbelievable. What a spark. This is how we're going to do it from here on out. And that, and, and just to, just to maximize what he could do because you want him available. I imagine, I imagine so, especially because, I mean, so many people were anticipating a rematch with Olivia. And I, I said, mm-hmm. I said to my editors, cause we were kind of, anticipating it i was like if i were a betting woman i don't think he's gonna fight tonight i think that i think that definitely it was it came down the chain of command you know you gotta take it easy tonight it's getting to be a bit too much but maybe maybe this will be the last point about rempy i don't know but i'm curious to see because larry reminded me last night that reeves has specifically said that he no longer challenges he you know he will only fight people who are willing so and at is Matt Rempe crazy enough to challenge Ryan Reeves? Like, I don't, I would, I would hope not, honestly. It's a but... different story. This is a different, it's a different animal. I'd be shocked yeah. if he doesn't ask him. Really? I'd be you shocked think... if Reeves doesn't ask him. Oh, you'd be shocked if Reeves yeah. doesn't ask him. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I'm, I mean, knowing Reeves, knowing the personality that he has and just kind of the way that he is getting to know him while he was in New York. I would imagine so too, just, mm-hmm. just because I feel like that's just so him. But I, I remember reading what Larry had mentioned right. or that he had come out and said, you know, I just can't find guys that are willing anymore. So I'm not gonna, you know, right. I'm not initiating anymore. And especially right. with the, he's probably one of the deadliest guys, you know, in the, in the league no, in I, that regard. I, you know what he, he, I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with, with Brian on this point and, and, you know, you're right too. I mean, that's what he has said. He's going to make an exception on Saturday. Oh yeah. yeah. There oh is no way God, he can allow. Guys, this right. is going to be insane. No Ryan Reeves can allow <laughs> Matt Rempe to come into his house. Yeah. And 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 not the theater. The theater of it all. Yeah. Well, look how it's gone for Reeves this year too. Like it hasn't been great. Yeah. No. What an opportunity. And look, oh my God, it's, guys! It's been six games already, and now Matt Repia has dominated the podcast for the past two weeks. It's it's, it's incredible. That, and Larry, I'm going to quote your article from this morning. February did not make the Rangers shiver. For with every save <laughs> Igor delivered, there was good news on the doorstep. And if I could just take that one further, as I watched on the stage, Rempy's hands were clinched with rage. <laughs> and with that said. We will Thanks. see. We will see what Matt Rempe does this weekend. We're going to take a oh, short break. Here. We're going to come hey, back. I'm a claim. <laughs> We're going to come back here. We're going to talk about Capocaco moving lines. We're going to talk about some trade deadline stuff. Stay right here on the podcast. We'll be right back. Yeah, I'm just honored to be here, and I want to try to make the most of this opportunity. And every time I throw on the New York Rangers jersey, I'm going to give it my all and do everything I can to help the team win. So it's just I'm happy with how it's going, but just a lot more work to do. I just want to keep building every day. Back here on the podcast, and we're going to set aside the Rempe talk for now. I know people can't get enough of it, but there is some other stuff to discuss in Ranger land. Most notably uh, for yesterday's game, we saw a little bit of a line change with uh, Mr. Kabokako joining Mika and Kreider on uh, their line while Will Cooley, I'm sorry, while Jimmy Vesey uh, hopped down with uh, Johnny Bro and Will Cooley. Um, anything to make of this change here? I know there's some speculation. Maybe it's a way of showcasing Kako a little bit more for potential trade, which I'm very much against. Um, <laughs> but is that just Ranger fans over, you know, or over analyzing different moves, or is there something else going on here that we may not be aware to? Well, I apparently uh, <laughs> I overanalyze this. No, I, I, <laughs> honestly, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. It, 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 they had a third line, and, and you know it kind of slipped over the last couple of games. I get that, but they had a third line with some definition, and they had Kako playing as well as he had in in a, in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, opposite Cooley, they were they were big bodies. They went to the net. They played a very simple game, and Brodzinski in the middle, you know, adding his speed. It it, it gave them some depth in in their lineup. I or at least I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first line, no, you know, Jimmy VC is not, you know, he's not a first line right wing, but he can, you can plug him in. And the way Laviolette um, managed his ice time anyway, by the third period, VC was yeah, back VC down wasn't in the there. checking role. And he was just double shifting Panarin or Lafreniere or even Trocek. He would, you know, move him up. So, you know, and the way Peter is, is leans on his top players, um, uh, you know, it gave him an extra opportunity to get Panarin more ice time, to get 
Lafreniere more ice time to me. But, you know, moving Kako up kind of leaves their third line completely undefined. I mean, it didn't work at all last night. Brzezinski um, with VC and Cooley. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think that's really a, you know, a third line. They, you know, they're that's going to stick. And and I didn't, you know, really think Kako was too impressive last night in that game. And and OK, but then they, there are more eyes on him. And and what happens if that line doesn't work with him? Mm. They're going to bounce him back to the third line? Yeah. Mm. Or, or they're going to trade, you know, they're going to trade for a right wing to play with Zabanajad and Kreider, and they're going to bounce Kako back. I, 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 you know, it doesn't make sense to me. So that's why I think there's a little more to it. You know, Pat Verbeek was, was you know, scouted the game last night. And we know mm-hmm. the Rangers have mm. been interested in, you know, have this, a certain amount of interest in Vetrano. And Henrique, is it possible that the Rangers would flip Kako for both of them? You know, I, again, I'm, I'm not, you know, I haven't really done the math on the on the cap. Um, obviously, there would be retention. Maybe there'd be a third team. I don't know. Um, but, is it, you know, is that the all-in move that the Rangers think they, you know, think that would benefit them? off of this run and and you know we we talked you know I, I think you know molly molly's right it was very it was a very impressive month a very impressive turnaround but it raises the stakes yeah. it raises the stakes for the team and it surely raises the stakes for chris drury going into this deadline because you know the rangers are, are one of the you know one of the co-favorites they just are you know they, they are what their record is they're they're one of the best teams in the league and they're they're one of the, you know, three, five, seven teams that probably have the best shot at winning. So there's a lot on Drury to improve this team. Can he, you know, and does he look at it and say, I'm getting two veterans, I'm filling two holes, I've got the right wing with Kreider and Zabanajad, I've got my center for the third line who can even move up if there's an issue. Um is that what they're thinking about it you know again it would it would be an all-in move it would it would be kind of a traditional rangers move going for it but otherwise i i just i just don't understand the switching lines last night i, re- I really don't yeah uh, i have a theory mm. a couple weeks ago he said i really got to get capo Cop- caco more ice time he's playing so well you're throwing him a bone if it mm. works it, yeah nothing not very often does it just work right away. So you go back, you reset, you get back with your guys, you grind. He's played great on that third line. Third line's been good. He's effective in that regard. He's not filling the net. Because he's not filling the net, people think, well, we can trade him for this guy, which, okay, he has value. He's a young player. He's played the way he's played. Doesn't put a ton of goals in the net, but there's a lot of upside, and he's a good player on that third line right now. When you move him, First line still doesn't work. Now your third line's weaker. All right, let's bring him back down. It's it's just sort of maybe it works this time and they catch something, lightning in a bottle, whatever you want to call it. He said he wanted to get him more ice. He's trying to get him more ice. Do you think, I mean, on paper, I'm looking at Cooley, Brodzinski, and VC and like, yeah, that could work because they've individually played really well for long stretches this year. You could put them together and figure it out. And I think you want to be able to maybe have that option if something happens at the deadline. And you can't make something happen that you wanted to, and you don't get that guy that you wanted. You need to sort of figure out what you need. And if you don't get it, right, it's again, it's like we talked about in a playoff series, if it gets away from you. Well, now if the trade deadline gets away from you, someone's ask is too high, can't fit it with the cap or whatever it is, the deal falls through. What are your options? How do you move pieces around? And you're just gathering information and you're giving a guy an opportunity like, your line's doing great. There were times when I got older where I'm like, I don't want to move off this line. We have a great role. We have a great thing. We had an injury. It's nice to be moved up, but I didn't want to move when I'm a young player, though. Oh, Capo I'm on the first definitely line. wants to be moved up. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Capo will tell anybody who will listen that he wants more yeah, ice he time, will, he will tell, and that he wants and, to move up. Right. He wants more minutes. He talks he about does. that all the time. All he wants the time. More minutes. Okay, but if that third line is going in the playoffs, mm. guess what? They're going to get more minutes. Yeah, that's exactly the guys. That's, that are the, point. that's yeah, the point. That's the point. That's why yeah. I, I I would have left them. I I, yeah. honestly, I would have left. I I would not have made this move. Yeah, uh, I mm. I do agree with with all with all points. I do think that 
La Violette is very much so a, a reward, you know, your players kind of guy, just the way that he's operated this season. So I do think that part of it was because Kako was doing well in that third line role, he wanted to, you know, give him a reward. But at the same time, I, I, somebody, uh, Dan Rosen actually explicitly asked Laviolette just straight up, is this an opportunity for, for Capo to secure that right wing spot? And then maybe Chris Drury can go and do something else, which, you know, he kind of danced around the question a little bit, understandably saying it was probably better for Drury, but that is, you know, big picture, a possibility in this situation. But if, I, I mean, I guess they can't afford because of how well they're doing, they can't afford to, you know, switch things up like this and just see what, what happens. But I do think that that third line was one of the better, probably the best combination that they've had this season. And ca- and they were probably getting the most that they had all season out of Capo in that, in that position. Mm-hmm. And for those reasons, I feel like, it it might not have have been been the move to make, but I feel like Larry's right. Some that that must mean something else is afoot here, that's and maybe think. he was being showcased a little bit. That's kind of what I think. And 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 listen, I I understand that you know at this time of year, general managers scout teams. Mm-hmm. You know they do, and I'm I'm sure that Pat, Pat Verbeek didn't come to New York, didn't come east only to scout the Ranger game last night. Um, I don't have his itinerary but i i assume he's just gonna, a guess yeah, I, I assume he's gonna hit you know more spots um he's been east so, he's been east a couple times he was at a college game i, I saw him there i mean he, he's yeah. a hard-working guy obviously so <laughs> so but here but but my question by my point i guess is that he 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 came to the garden to watch the rangers who is he scouting on the rangers mm-hmm. you know there you know we can eliminate you know three quarters of their team who are available for trade. There are very few guys on this team who, who can be traded at the deadline. So who is he watching? He, I don't think he came uh, seriously to watch Brodzinski. I, you know, I don't think he came to watch Edstrom. I don't think he came to watch Jimmy Vesey. So who is he watching? You know, why did he, you know, why did a general manager? He might've been, he might've been with the younger players. If you're going to do a deal, if you're going to do a deal and you're going to give up veteran players to help a team, you usually get picks and prospects back. You know, that's from Rempe. These guys, he could be watching them. You know, who knows? I was going to say, maybe, he, maybe this is the ploy. Yeah. yeah, maybe this is, maybe this has been, I, I don't know if this is giving them too much credit, but maybe this is, this has been a ploy to generate attention for these guys and, you know, make them look a little <laughs> bit of, of a little bit more hey. value. It's less likely, Larry. I agree with you. It's less likely, but it's not on. No, definitely right? less likely. It's not impossible. Right. I don't think it. Yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't. That wouldn't be my first thought. But I we'll mean, see. We, Listen, we, if, I mean, if, we if, talked let, about let that. They're not going to. Pro- I mean, at least especially Rempe is probably not going to be in this playoff lineup. So that's why it's kind of like maybe. Ah, stranger things have happened. Let me tell you, if, <laughs> if, 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 if un, unless. Unless Drury gets Troy Terry or somebody back from Anaheim, he cannot trade Matt Rempe. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want a witness protection. Drew. I know. I Don't know. Do it. It's too much love. Too much love for the kid right now. Well, I want to see what their lineup looks like when they play Florida. Mm. Yeah. If he's up there, then uh, we'll have a different conversation. They played Columbus. I get Columbus beat him. Well, you don't, don't want to win the game, play. but. You can tinker a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. What what are you what are you asking? I'm saying you can you can tinker a little bit with the lineup and see again, gather information when you're playing right. Columbus. Right. right. No offense, no disrespect to Columbus, but they right. stink this year. Right. The game they're obviously gonna be motivated. They lost to them, <clears throat> excuse me, to break their streak, but you still can tinker a little bit. And it, I'll be interested to see Toronto, Florida. I'll I, I, Yeah. This yeah. is a potential matchup. This is measuring stick type, whatever you want to call it. It's more interesting to me. That's fair. And, that you know, fair. I think you'll have a good idea against uh, the Panthers and we'll know by then. Uh, one last thing before we uh, head over to uh, Brian's boiling point. In a season like this, where there's usually a lot of bad stuff, I mean, not saying usually bad, bad stuff, but when there's bad stuff going on, there's a lot of headlines and Matt Rempe's obviously stolen the story for the past few weeks. <laughs> but there's a guy that I don't want to say he's flying under the radar, but 
Artemi Panarin, mm. it, it, arguably his his best season of his career, mm-hmm. um, recorded his fourth three point game in the last seven yeah, games. What? I, <laughs> I mean, I know we talked about Mika being inconsistent and needing to see more from him, but this team is essentially riding on Artie's back. And I'm not saying that he's not getting enough love. I, I think he gets he gets plenty of love, but does he not deserve just? all the praise and all the, you know, accolades and awards that this dude should be getting. Cause it's, it's been a phenomenal season and and without Artie, I don't know where this Ranger team is. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's been a theme for, for a little while, but this season in particular, I think he got a little bit more love and attention earlier in the season. And then as the Rangers kind of not faltered because they never even, they never lost the first place in the Metropolitan yeah. Division, but as you know, they were working out, their kinks and, you know, going through a bit of a rough stretch. I think that he kind of fell off in the conversation a little bit, but he has just been electric for them Mm -hmm. this season. And no one should lose sight of the fact that he's set a new career high in goals Mm -hmm. with Alexi Lafreniere on the other side of him. (laughs) I think, you know, Artemi can make any can elevate the play of anybody who he's playing with. And there's no doubt that that has transferred over to Lafreniere. But you know what? I think Lafreniere has also complimented Artemi Panarin as mm. well. I think that they have, I mean, this is the best that Alexi Lafreniere has looked yeah. understandably, but I think that he really has contributed his own and it's not like Artemi has done all of the work. I definitely think Alexi has contributed um, as well and he deserves the credit for that as well. And I think it's it's been awesome for Alexi Lafreniere to have this sort of season and he's probably gained a lot of confidence playing on the opposite wing of Artemi Panarin. Yeah, they read off each other. Mm-hmm. They... Um... They're they're both extremely creative. They 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 you know they seem to to see the game the same way. Um, you know they just they they've been driving play all year. Um, you know maybe you know maybe there's Kucherov. Uh, maybe there's there Pasternak. Um, there's Kucherov. There's Kucherov. <laughs> there's Pasternak and there's Panarin. I think they're the three best wings in the National Hockey League. Mm. Who else is underrated? It's Cooch, right? He's got 40 more points than the next guy on his team. Never really gets talked about that much. And Panarin is, I love the player. He is unbelievable. He's still not Kucherov, and Cooch doesn't get enough love. So I don't know if it's a Russian thing. We don't give enough love to these Ruskies, but um, when you can make other players better and all the talk prior to the season about what Laugh's going to do and where is he, it's kind of like time to get going. With him, uh, they've they've built something. It's getting better, right? Mm-hmm. It is getting more dynamic. It's a duo that really seems to, and you know, throw Troch in there too because I always love to give Troch love. It's just oh, a great to. compliment. Yeah, absolutely. But he's got like twenty six more points than the next guy on this team with a lot of stars on it, which is uh, really really impressive. Um, and Panarin and who's next? I think it's. I was just looking at it and I forget, but I think it's Kreider or something. But they have a number of stars. This guy drives the bus every single yeah, game. and you know they they're gonna need that absolutely. They're gonna need more from others as it gets going, but they have it and they've shown it, so it is exciting. But he is uh, yeah, he's the bus driver. And you know, and you know what you since we we you brought him up earlier and we talked about Rick Nash. There's gonna be the same spotlight. On Panera. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Playoffs, as there always was. Third, third year in a row you know, with it, too. It, you know, his first year, Nash's first year was, you know, the the, the lockout shortened year. Yeah. The year, you know, wound up losing to Boston in the second round, beat Washington coming back from 3-2 down. And I think he scored one goal. In, in the, so immediately, yep. the next year, it became, well, but what's he going to do in the playoffs? What's he going to do in the playoffs? And the spotlight was on him, and that's the year, you know, he scored three goals on 82 shots, and it stayed it stayed with him for his entire stay with the Rangers. Yeah, Nash is great in the regular season, but he can't score in the playoffs. He, you know, he can't score in the playoffs. He had some great games against um, Tampa in the 2015 series, right? I mean, and, mm-hmm. and in Tampa. Yeah. Um, it was but awful to play. Against always it. came back to what you know. What Rick, Rick Nash was a disappointment in the playoffs. That's that's the way his Ranger career 
is remembered. And, you know, Panarin needs to produce this time around. He's faced with the uh, same you know, the, and, narrative. And, yeah. Right. I mean, these are these are narratives that develop generally because there's a germ of truth to them. You know, oh, so yeah. there's going to there's going to be and, you know, uh, the spotlight is going to be on Panarin um, when the playoffs begin. It's going to be on Zibanejad when the playoffs begin. There's you know, there's no you know, there's there's no two ways about it. You have to have your best players being your best players. Artemi Panarin, always good, always fresh. Gotta love the bread. Uh, last thing here before we head over to Brian's boiling point. Uh, and I just want to do this right now because I have all three of you here with me. Uh, for some of you who don't know, this is this is actually my last show with the uh, the Up in the Blue Seats podcast crew. And um, I'm going to uh, miss hanging with the three of you um, and, and all of our listeners, our great listeners. And I just wanted to personally thank uh, Larry, Molly and Brian uh, for, you know, all their help and 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 work that they've put into the show. The show is not going anywhere. Brian, Molly, Larry, they'll, they'll be back next week. They're, they're going to take you through the playoff <laughs> run and everything like that. Um, and I will be listening and reading and watching. And I uh, I encourage all of our great uh, viewers and listeners to do the exact same. And I know that you guys will. Uh, but I just wanted to take this time to thank you guys uh, so much for making uh, this a, a great awesome season so far and um i look forward to keep listening and um yeah that's that's pretty much all we'll keep it short keep it sweet uh we still have to close out the show so we'll do that we love but, you uh, andrew i appreciate it thank you thank you <laughs> but uh the show is going to continue to kick as like the rangers have been doing and so um yeah just wanted to make that point uh larry as always we appreciate you coming on this week thank you so much i will listen to you next week and uh it's now time for your boiling point of the week and now it's time for the boiling point. Brian, what's boiling your point this week? Um, what's boiling my point? Um, interesting. Anyways, we... Uh, <laughs> listen, it's tryout season. It's playoff season for youth hockey. We're going back to the well with youth hockey. There's going to be a lot of kids at the rink. I think emotions are running pretty high with parents and, and kids. It's a stressful time. Now, let's control what we can control. A lot of kids coming in and out. The rinks are busy using the locker room. Kids, remember two things, please, because it drives me nuts. If you bring a water bottle to the locker room or on the bench, bring it back into the locker room and take it home with you. Your parents don't want to shell out every other week for a new BioSteel or Gatorade or whatever water bottle for little Johnny to have three sips of because he's thirsty when coach makes practice a little bit harder. Having said that, number two, Throw your tape in the trash. When you're done with your hockey tape on your stick or on your shin pads, throw it in the trash. And coaches, your job is to look around or assign someone to look around and leave the locker room the way you found it when you came in. Or better, because some other teams leave tape in certain places. These rinks are hard to staff. They usually don't make any money. It's expensive to keep a rink up. Let's keep the rinks up. Let's try to keep them nice, keep them looking good so more kids have more places to skate. Thank you. Yeah, he's he's incredible. Both our goalies are, but um, yeah, Shesty's been been outstanding lately. You know, he's, he's keeping us in game, especially early. It seemed like they, they had a strong push from the start, and, um, you know, Shesty kept that game at 0-0. So, yeah, he's been huge. And that'll put a bow on episode 146 of the Up in the Blue Seats podcast, our Rangers podcast from the New York Post. But as always, before we get out of here, we got to dish out some stars. Molly, let's go with you first this week. Who's your number one star? I'm going to go with the gentleman, Vincent Trocek. Landed a massive hit on Johnny Gaudreau. Open ice hit. Just laid him out. Was checking in him on the ice and then waited for him outside of the visiting locker room at the Aww. garden. Uh, I saw the whole exchange with my own eyes. Very nice of him. They broed it out and all is good, all is well. Always tip your cap to uh, good sportsmanship from Vincent Trocek. That's all so around. lovely. All around good guy, Jim Brian's Trocek. like, It's <laughs> <laughs> hockey. Hits happen. Injuries happen. Just not during the playoffs, right, Brian? Yeah, you don't apologize. Yeah. Shouldn't have been standing there. That's how you got to approach it. Yes, exactly. Well, what are you going to do? Brian, My turn? Yeah, it's your turn. Number two star. I go two guys. Go for it. I'm going to go Breadman and Igor. A couple mm. of Ruskies. Yeah, Igor's back. And the Breadman is driving the bus. I said it a hundred times. 
I don't know how many times you guys heard me say it. Saying it again. I'm saying it again. Take a shot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this guy's fun to watch. Career high in goals. Congrats to the bread man. Love to the two Ruskies, uh, which the Rangers aren't going nowhere Can we without. say Ruskies? If that offends anyone, I'm sorry. Yeah. I won't say it anymore. Uh, apologies. Now. It's my last episode, so I'm not going to take any backlash. So it's on you guys. <laughs> Actually, I don't really care either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my third star. Since Molly took one guy, you took two guys. I'm going to take three people. I'm going to take my three stars for the third star. It's going to be Molly, Larry, and Brian. Aww. The three of you guys are going to get my last star of the That's uh, cute of, you. Of, of my show. You guys, all three of you guys are stars. Um, you know, you're all stars and in, in the paper, on the ice, and uh, just people in general. So, uh, one last thank you, guys, and uh, we'll, we'll be in touch. This isn't uh, 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 any hags here. No, no, no. Have a great summer, which which Molly taught me uh, last year on the podcast. So did I really teach you that? You did. I never heard that in school. Hags never. Did you ever hear that, Brian? Or is that a my generation First time I'm thing? It right now. So there uh, we go. Oh yeah, so. so it was definitely a my generation thing. Well, <laughs> you learn something new every day, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Andrew, quick no, question. That's what we used to write on yearbooks and stuff, just tags. <laughs> we didn't write on yearbooks. I went to an all-boys cafe. Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> I don't have my yearbook. So you mentioned me third. Do I get number one then, or am I the third star? Ooh, this is important. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> Brian, I'm going to give you number three because you're still the newest one to the podcast. Ooh, so unfortunately, you're going to get the, uh, the rookie lap on the uh, the, the podcast here. So, uh, smell, take a rookie. <laughs> But thank you guys as always, and 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 thank you to the listeners. Uh, a big thank you to Jake Brown as always for producing the show. He's gonna stay on here. He'll drive you guys through through the playoffs. Uh, I can't wait to hear what goes on, and uh, hopefully we'll culminate the season with a trip down to Canada. Heroes, fingers crossed. But still, plenty of time to talk and listen and watch about that. So. Uh, as always, you can catch up on all the episodes uh, by subscribing up in the Blue Seats, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're watching this right now near Post Sports YouTube page, give us a thumbs up. Comment below. How are you feeling about the Rangers going into March? Best team, right? Woohoo! <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. I'm just going to say Twitter. I'm not even going to mention X because of Molly, but it's yeah. at Molly Walker, two E's, two R's, at Brybrows22, and myself at Andrew Hartz without the E. For Brian Boyle, Molly Walker, Larry Brooks, and Andrew Hartz, thank you for listening, watching, subscribing to the podcast. Uh, thank you for all listeners' support. Uh, I won't be back next week as usual, uh, but it will be Larry, Brian, and Molly. They're going to drive this thing, uh, drive the bus, not the Gus bus, not the Panarin bus, but the Up in the Blue Seats podcast bus. We'll take you all the way through to the playoffs here. But until then, I'm out of here. Later.